Yes, man. I I saw it. I've seen it a couple times. Uh, it's like a. It's like they're they're listening to our podcast, Google, and I've seen like little like Google advertisements for it. And yeah. Then I finally checked it out and I was like, I, at first I thought it was just a map of just the stadiums, and I was like, oh wait a second, you can actually legit scratch these off. This is even better. This yeah. is like perfect for my pot partner. And then I wanted you to eat healthy. Got you a little basic four. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brandana sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 96 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Guys, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, don't need no gift receipt for this guy. Most awesome. Ooh, that's right. I'm that's keeping right. you. Keeping you, bro. Thank you, sir. And uh, if you bought me a sweater, it might not fit because I've been eating a lot of yummy, delicious foods this Oh, you have? Good for you. Good for you. We're going to get it tight in 2020? Ooh, yes. 2020 is going to be the season of tight. Yeah. Get it Get it back to our old fighting weights. <laughs> Guys, we got a jam-packed episode 96. We're doing Rip from the Headlines. We're doing NFL Bittersweet 17. See what I did there? Ooh. Yeah, that was I nice. Like that. It may be inbox. We're tackling three coming at you. Top two, bottom two of the 2010s. We're doing comedians. Then we're gonna jump into the Neapolitan showdown. Gonna talk a little, little Debbie snack cake. That's right. If all you guys are just piling on for the holiday season, what a great time to talk little Debbie snacks. We're gonna finish as we always do with our MVP of the week, ladies and gentlemen. You're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. <laughs> Talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Come on. I know. I always, I always wonder how Sunday evening pod Brandon is when uh, some gambling bets are on the line. Yes, what do we do. Yeah, we yeah. I mean, that, that was that. Fuck it. We'll just throw it right here. Uh, there were some bets <laughs> on the line. I just, I just kind of messed it up with college football. Like I got a little excited about over unders. I always just mm. those are just the little, the little tempting fruit that you just you shouldn't tango with. It's just it's always going to be bad. What was news. it? So I did seventy four points on the on the on the well, uh, I, Oklahoma game. Yeah, I teased it up to eighty, and Ooh. then then I went chasing as one does. Uh, guys, yes. this is a little impromptu Brandana gambling corner right here. So I went chasing yeah. um, <sighs> after the after I was like after it was like fucking like sixty three points at halftime or whatever it was. It was like all right, I ain't hitting all this right. uh, this under, uh, and so I went over thirty like two. For the second half, which basically means I need five touchdowns scored. Yeah. And so, I mean, it gets pretty close, like Ohio State's – or not Ohio. Uh, Oklahoma was marching down Oklahoma. and then goes for it on fourth and, like, misses it. So, whatever. And then uh, then I jumped into that Ohio State. Liked Ohio State a lot. And just sometimes you just feel the writing on the wall. Like, you're just like – when they yes. were going down there and getting field goals instead of touchdowns, it's just like, ah, uh, this ain't no good. Yeah, there, there's, there's a couple plays where they could have – they should have blown – they should have run away with that in that game. And they – 
they failed to put the nail in the coffin of Clemson in that game. Yeah, and Clemson just uh, was too much to handle. Although I do feel like Ohio State was the better team. There was that one. Actually, I went to the bathroom because I thought there was no way they wouldn't call it back, but it was Clemson catches like a 15-yard out route, gets yeah. two hands, takes like three steps, the ball gets stripped. Ohio State runs it back for a touchdown, and they take the points off the board. I don't see how you call yes. that back. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I wasn't happy to see it get uh, reversed. But yeah. that being said, you know, for the sanctity of the game, much like we've always talked about, it's like, hey, the call on the field was a fumble. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you have to, I mean, and we all, we've all been that guy, but show me where it overwhelmingly, the replay overwhelmingly reverses that. Yeah. If it doesn't, if it doesn't do it, then just trust it. Let's all just trust the refs. Exactly. Otherwise, let's get some robots out there and, and just, you know. Oh, just my go God. Off of Talk that. robots. We got to, like, this archaic, like, chains with 10 <laughs> yards, a chain of, like, two orange poles thing. We got, this has got to fucking hit the bricks. This is, if, yes. if we're using instant replay to, like, decide, like, pass interference contact, like, we can get an electronic chip in a ball and, like, have it light up. Ooh, which they missed in that uh, OU LSU game. They missed yeah. a gnarly. P.I. call. Yes, yes. I get it, Brandana. Do you get it? You feel those over-unders? I don't well, I don't get it to the level that you get it. Okay. Which well, I, I can see it in your face. Yeah, we're, we're going rogue with this spot, so that's fine. Let's finish this yeah. whole gambling journey. So I go to bed okay. digging a, quite a hole for myself to wake up to <laughs> Sunday morning. So I get up Sunday morning, and before I before I went to bed, I saw some of the lines, and it was Tennessee minus six. So I was like, yeah. <coughs> sorry, guys, about the coffin. I'm dying. Just going to have to bear with me. Uh, so I see the Tennessee minus six and I wake up in the morning. It's off the board because we get the information that, uh, Deshaun Watson's not starting. Deandre Hopkins not starting. Yeah. They had like a cornerback city. So I was like, shit, I really wanted that six. It pops back up later at minus eight. So I go all over that for the money line. I go all over Titans to lead at halftime. And then yeah. I also go all over chiefs money line. So it was a uh, lucrative day for your boy. Well, yeah, I, there you go. You brought it back on day two. I, yeah, I like I, all it. I did was just That's, cancel out my Saturday, just fucking around this. But uh, we got hey, that. Hey, you know what? It's a redemption story, and I'm gonna. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hanging my hat on for 2019. And sometimes that's what you got to do. Uh, all right, guys, maybe the longest intro up into a. <laughs> why are we talking about that this week, brother? Well, we're talking about NFL football because we just finished up a, a kind of a weird week 17. A lot yeah. of shifting within almost what we thought was kind of uh, set in stone heading into the playoffs here. Uh, and it's kind of our last uh, last ditch before we can talk playoff football. Okay, sure. So let's jump in real fast. We'll hop back and forth between the AFC and the NFC. We'll start on the AFC side. I think one of the biggest thing that just kind of shook them up, I think uh, there was some stat going in where we had all but uh, two playoff teams decided. So that was, you know, um, 10 of 12. But, like, still, right. like, eight seedings. Seven or eight seedings were still up in the air, which we saw. We saw yes. the, the Packers get behind to the Lions. Oh, I said we're going to start in the AFC. Okay, so here's your AFC playoff yeah. picture right here. <laughs> uh, in the sixth seed, you have Tennessee, who will be playing at New England. Fifth seed, you have Buffalo, who will be playing at Houston. And your one seed is Baltimore. Your two seed is Kansas City. And I remind the listeners each year, uh, this is not a true bracket. Uh, whatever the lowest seed to advance will have to go against the highest seed. And that's how they'll just – mark them up until we get into the Super Bowl matchup yeah yeah no it, and it was I think the biggest shocking thing of it all is is the Pats yeah at like a 15 point favorite 15 15 16 somewhere in there yeah losing on the last second to uh the Miami Dolphins just kind of marching down the field 
uh, Gasecki, the tight end for for Miami, catching a last minute like like a buck forty two left on the clock and going ahead, just uncharacteristic from the Pats. And I mean, we we've heard about it talked all year long. This is not the same Pats team. This is not the same Pats offense. No, Tom Brady, we're looking a little over the hill. Yeah, and you know, who would have thought that losing the Antonio Brown that they only had one game for that would have been like the 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 deadliest offensive blow to them all season. I mean, they need him. They needed him. They needed somebody other than Julian Edelman to get open, and they don't have it. They just don't have playmakers. They can't keep Brady upright, and so he's throwing the ball into the dirt a whole bunch. And when a game is predicated on guys getting open, so Tom Brady can make simple throws. If that doesn't happen, this looks like a very beatable team, and that's what we saw today. Yeah, he looked a little wore out. Uh, I thought, guys, I'm not going to jerk your leg. I mean, I did like uh, Miami in the points. I definitely didn't see Miami walking out of here with the win. But it seemed like the right combination for that kind of thing to happen, where you have like a Josh Allen who will sling it a little bit. Like that's definitely a little bit more of a – you know, conservative offense going back and forth and then seeing someone, you know, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, who you know is going to fucking throw the ball around, who has the experience. I mean, granted, he might have that, like, 300 yards, four INT, one TD game where he might have because they controlled this game. I mean, you looked at them, they looked yeah. like the better team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the Pats had something to play for. I mean, that <laughs> second or that second seed and getting that first round by is a big deal. It's Everyone can get just a little bit of weak of uh of rest and belichick can get an extra week of preparation and you know it's one of those things where i was i was shocked i almost was when i when we were doing the prep i was like all right so wait ravens will be number number one pats will be of course number two and then it'll be a shakeup of will they won't they with the chiefs and and houston if they can sneak up in the if the, if the texans can sneak up but i and never in my mind did i did i even fathom that the pats would lose yeah and maybe that's just like i just you know your your assumptive brain just overriding what you're seeing on the field and and what we've seen the last like month month and a half from the Pats offensively has not been great and then that puts the strain on the defense and the defense has I mean they haven't been playing terrible but they you know they gave up 27 points to the Dolphins now the granted the Dolphins didn't have shit to play for yeah so what do they care and uh, and caught them on a bad day but uh, but yeah I mean it's 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 definitely looking like the closing chapter. Of a, of a Tom Brady legacy, and I'm, I'm a little sad to say that. Yeah, it's uh, I'm first time they're playing on Wild Wolf Card Weekend in like 10 years, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, no one will grab the shovel and start throwing the dirt on Tom Brady because we've tried it so many times before. Right. But like we keep bringing back to, and not to hearken and just being a broken record, but you know, some year it will be over. And yeah, you know, facing a Titans team where, um, I want to say the Patriots are going to be uh, oh six point favorite. That seems high. Somewhere Ooh, between four and it a half does seem and high. Six. Four and yeah. a half, maybe. I, I think they're not a hundred percent sure because I mean, if they can, if the Titans' run game can control the offensive flow of the game, yeah, and they get down, it's going to be tough for the for the Pats to battle back. I mean, they're going to have to they're going to have to figure out some trick plays to find some guys to get open you know what i mean because they just don't have it yeah all right uh jets buffalo played today who gives a shit buffalo wasn't playing for anything set some starters uh kc takes care of los angeles is it last philip rivers game we shall see 
Uh, Oakland, yeah. Denver. I think Oakland kind of got the word they weren't really playing for anything. Uh, Baltimore, uh, this Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh, uh, you know, maybe their scoreboard watched it a little bit, but they kind of that Baltimore game got away with them, which I, I feel like it might have had because, like, Pittsburgh, super great pass rush, super weak offense, and then RG3, I mean, we got to rank him in top five backups. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty good, and he fills the role of Lamar very well and the things that he can do. We know he can run the RPO. We know he, he still has, it looks like, a little juice in the tank, you know, can kind of get around and move around. And, and they didn't need him to throw the ball. They ran it, like, 40-some-odd times, or I think 43 times for, like, 225 yards. And that's with their backups. And, you know, that's with uh, Gus Edwards going for buck 30 justice hill going for a touchdown on like 40 yards and you know they didn't they they sat a lot of their key players on offense so it's uh it is you know if if something did happen to lamar jackson obviously he's not the top end that lamar is but you know you're i wouldn't be counting my season over you know what i mean yeah uh so way too early to tell before we jump over to the nfc give me because this happens every year give me two afc teams that miss the playoffs next year that you expect to see in the postseason um and i know we talked about it early the colts sitting there at seven and nine i think you know they were able to string it together they had a series of bad beats towards Mm -hmm. the end Brissett got injured I don't think if he gets injured, I don't think – I think they're kind of hanging around at that sixth seed. Yeah. So I could see them with another year of experience and everyone kind of rallying back together, maybe another influx of talent. Some of their uh, first-year players taking a step up. I, I could see them popping up. And, I mean, I, I don't think enough is said about – you know, I guess this is really contingent on Roethlisberger if he can come back and actually play. But the the – job that Mike Tomlin did at going eight and eight with basically pulling like a quarterback off the practice squad. Yeah. Losing a running back that sat out all the year. Yeah. Sat out all last year and then trading away your number one receiver. You said it time and time again. How does it, how did this team go eight and eight? I get it. They're in a dog shit conference, but they still had to play the Ravens twice and they, they still, you know, they still had to be a competitive with a below subpar quarterback for a majority of their season and finish eight and eight. So I think like Tomlin doesn't get the credit deserved a lot of times for what he can do, but it was an unbelievable coaching job that he did to pull and make this team eight and eight. Yeah, you get Pittsburgh in the postseason, then I think you got to hands down give uh, coach of the year to Tomlin because it was like as soon as yeah. Roethlisberger went down, it was just like oh shit, like just write this. And then you know the Stones to kind of make his make the move from Mason Rudolph the, the, when that wasn't there, dealing with like injuries yeah. like Smith Schuster, uh, Connor just kind of rotating yeah. the running backs is a lot of. Impressive to get the 500 score. Um, yeah, yeah. And even having the Stones to trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, trading yeah. a first-round pick for him, too. And you're like, what? Everyone was like, what the fuck are the Steelers doing? But, yeah, yeah. it was impressive. Touche. Uh, yeah, I think of the AFC right now, I would go next year. I expect to see – I got to go Pittsburgh just with their history of everything. I like your Indianapolis pick. But my other pick's going to be Denver. I think they came on – Kind of strong at the end, and like an off season to really develop uh, that lock guy. Made fun of, be interesting, an interesting team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, as as you hated them, they went seven and nine. Hate, hate, hate. Uh, but I think Hated. I think everything else, my picks were pretty dead on, except Cleveland. Moving on. All right, yeah. let's jump over to the <laughs> NFC real fast. Uh, we still have some shake 'em ups happening right now. So basically, we have. 
The 49ers are at the Seattle Seahawks. So 49ers win. They will move up to the one seed, putting Green right. Bay at the two, making the three seed New Orleans, who will have the minute will be hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And then the Seattle Let's Seahawks will be at the Philadelphia Eagles. If the Seattle Seahawks are able to hold court at home and beat the 49ers, the Packers will stay in the one, the Saints will stay in the two, and the Seahawks will move up to the three, have the Minnesota Vikings travel to Seattle, and San Francisco will travel to Philadelphia. Okay, so I was watching um, a couple friends of the pod in town, and I was watching at a bar, and the bartender was a Seattle Seahawks fan. And he was saying he would rather host the Minnesota Vikings than have the Seattle Seahawks go to the Eagles. Is that not fucking insane? Yeah, that's crazy. The, the, is, did he know you were a, a Vikings no, fan? No, no, I just kept, because he kept saying it was like, sorry for, but he kept coming back to it. And I was just like, I mean, like, I kind of get the home field, right. but I mean, Philadelphia Eagles, probably the weakest team in the postseason on both sides overall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they barely beat a, a Giants team that was not great both times. Yeah, you know what I mean. Both times, and 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 they needed it. They needed it to a definitive win to clinch it, and they won, but they didn't win like showingly. Like they, they, I wasn't impressed seeing and looking over. Yeah, it, it was all the stats and the score. It was like it wasn't much. I mean, they're they're playing with guys like much like we talked about the job that Tomlin did. They're playing with guys off the practice squad for the receivers too. Yeah. But they're they're significantly more dinged up, kind of all the way around. Yeah, I think it was a tie game going in the fourth at Giants, and I'm not I'm not blaming the Eagles. Like I'm not trying to dump on Philadelphia. You'll know when I dump on Philadelphia. We've dumped on Philadelphia plenty of times. This isn't this whole podcast started uh, by dumping that's, on Philadelphia. That's what we did. But where uh, that's not the goal. This the goal is just like uh, there's just no weapons to roll out there. So it's like I'd rather and, go in there and take care of business. And it's befuddling to me because I mean the 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 Eagles defense has not played great and the Vikings I mean they they definitely are a defensive oriented team they focus on on it you've got like three got you, you the Seahawks just signed Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin yeah. who were basically sitting at home 2 weeks ago because their running back core is depleted Tyler Lockett for the last like I mean the last couple games he played well but for a stretch run in in like mid November to December was like non-existent. He's their best wide receiver. I mean, offensively, I'm very questionable about Seattle. And I, I mean, if I was him, I would. Uh, granted, the better team or not, I would much rather have the home field advantage because that is a significant advantage. If you know, oh well, that's I guess uh, in his in, in his defense, he would be. They would host the Minnesota Vikings if they won, and they would go to Philadelphia if they lost. Yes, exactly. But the, he was saying he would rather host the Vikings, right? No, no. He was saying he'd rather go to Philadelphia. Oh, saying, yeah, th- this is insane to me. This is what I'm saying. Like that. Now I'm. Why would you? No, no. Give sorry, up sorry, the sorry, only sorry. Thing oh, he's saying he's saying he'd rather have the Vikings. I'm sorry. You're right. I confused everything. He's yeah, saying he'd okay, rather. Okay. Okay. Right. So yeah, you, yeah. you yes, agree yes, with yes, him. Okay. I, I mean, I guess home field. I just like the Vikings and Eagles on a neutral field. Like I gotta say, Vikings by like ten. Even though they look like yes, dogs. Yes, on, 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 on a new on a neutral field, 100. percent I do think that. <laughs> 12th man in Seattle, the conditions are right for it. And they always seem to play just a little bit more solid at home uh, for whatever reason that might be. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I would definitely want that. But, I mean, 
just calling out this is who I would rather see. Yeah. Even saying to sit there and say that. So. Okay. Yeah. I like. I definitely. I definitely would rather travel to Seattle than travel to San Francisco. I don't like this. Oh. I don't like this track meet with 49ers at all. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, although. Jimmy G and his first playoff game would make me very nervous as a Niner fan. Sure. We've kind of talked about this in the past. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see how Jimmy G performs. I could very easily see him throwing a couple ducks, the moment being too big for him, and them getting ousted if they didn't win tonight. And uh, and we're talking about, oh, that was an interesting 49er season. Uh, you know, yeah, I Because guess- I don't think – you know, I think – Thirteen and three and twelve and four is about the top end of this team. Well, I just I think you know we started the year with nobody believed in this team except for your yeah. boy Brandana. I think I had a yes. pick somewhere to probably win the division or something. Hashtag genius. But it's just like it started out as a really hashtag, strong hashtag Oracle defensive team, and then it kind of transitioned. And now like I've just watched them go toe to toe with some high octane offense. Like went toe to toe. Like blew the doors off of Green Bay. Like whatever, but I mean, yeah, you still took that was you still took Aaron Rodgers like out of it. Like you went, I mean, the Rams when they get going, they can make shit happen. They went toe to toe with them, right. and then you know a couple weeks before, like the Saints and just back and forth, and to be able to hang that long, like man, as much as I love the Vikes, like this is it's scary if their defense is half of what we expect, and then also like they can just score because the Vikings defense not remembering. All right, let's get into some actual scores from day that we want to talk about. Uh, Philadelphia, Dallas, we all know what happened there. Dallas basically cashed in their chips last week when they couldn't beat Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia lost. Dallas win would have got them in. Didn't matter. Uh, Dallas blows the doors off of Washington. Uh, San Francisco, Seattle playing right now. Rams, Arizona, who gives a shit. Uh, Minnesota, Detroit, or uh, Minnesota and Chicago. Minnesota was benching everybody. Green Bay, Detroit. Detroit gets up uh, quick, not quick, I had like 14-0 lead and then 17-3 yeah. going into the half. And it's just one of those things like the clock just looks like it moves different when Aaron Rodgers gets the ball and you're just like, man, fucking nine minutes left in the third quarter is way too much time for Aaron Rodgers to come back by with two touchdowns, yeah. two down, two touchdowns, even though he has no weapons. Um, and then New Orleans, Carolina, whatever New Orleans was playing was something to prove what they're playing like a Carolina team that's checked out long ago. Uh, yeah, and they're just playing for that that buy. I mean, if they could, if they win, they they, and San Francisco loses, they get that buy, like we talked about. So, yeah. you yeah. know, it's that's that's that bye week is hugely important. It's super important. So big. Well, the Vikings will go to San Francisco, and then we'll have all the bye weeks we need until August. Ooh. Fuck, man, we did not show up against that Green Bay game. All right, real fast. Uh, pick two teams that did make the postseason this year in the NFC that we'll see next year. Oh yeah, let me. Oh, up here. I had my playoff rankings here just so I can go. Um, I mean, <laughs> is it crazy to say Tampa Bay? No, it's like- I mean, is it crazy? Is it crazy with Jameis Winston throwing 30 TDs and 30 INTs? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's got. It feels like it would that that would go back to something like in the like the 1920s. You know, when guys were throwing. 25 interceptions in a season and it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. But I think if Godwin and Evans, uh, if they could get OJ Howard to play, if they could figure out the running back a little bit and they kind of made it happen a little bit towards the end there. But uh, man, I mean, I, I was surprised at seven and a nine and they had a real shot at making it. Um, I really don't want to say the Cowboys. Cause I just feel like, I mean, 
I mean, I, I unless they get it, unless they hire somebody, unless they they hire Lincoln Riley or they go make a big splurge, I still think they got to figure out the DAC thing. Um, and, and I think the the Rams are, I think the Rams are trending downwards. Sorry, sorry, listener Tom. Yeah. Um, I, I it's hard to say. Like I, I'm looking at the the list here. I'm not seeing hopeful about a lot of teams. I don't want to say, you know, Crans Crapple Hopper. Yeah. Uh, for the Cardinals, you know what I mean. And who's who's? And then what? Then the the Lions. Come on, Randina, don't make me say. Uh, that. I know. I God, I want to say the Lions, but I don't love how much like loyalty was thrown behind Matt Patricia. I liked the Lions team yes. headed this year, and it's also like, what's up with Matt Stafford's back? Like, is this something that we're kind yeah. of got to reevaluate in the offseason? So I can't go there. Uh, I will go Atlanta. I still think you know, young weapons. Uh, good quarterback, not elite listeners not from elite. the league that will not be mentioned thread. Uh, but I, I like Atlanta. And then uh, see these other, I just want to say caveats. Like I need to see some changes happen. You know, I, I will give this, and I yeah. hate saying this. Uh, I didn't, I just think the division so top heavy. I, I maybe we kind of saw that second step that we needed to with Trubisky towards the end of this season. Even though he's kind of got like beat up by the Chiefs, like he looked okay against us. But I'll do uh, I'll do the Dallas Cowboys way too much talent and Atlanta. Yeah, too much Falcons. talent. If they get if they get in, if they get uh, the second coming of Sean McVay, we'll see a turnover uh, and everyone you know kind of you know going nuts over Lincoln Riley. I I, I definitely think I'm calling it right now. I think he's going to be the head coach. Um, and I just th- I just think that uh, you know I just think that uh, you know there's too much talent on there. There's too much offensive talent if. If uh, Jerry pays Dak, oh. then uh, they're gonna keep they're gonna run it back, and I think they'll be good. Jerry loves to do an interview, loves a good, but you know what? Lo- loves loves a good plastic surgeon. Uh, he loves or that maybe a too. subpar one. Um, but I guess we walk the walk too because we do record ourselves every week for an hour. Guilty as charged. <laughs> uh, real fast, right now, if you had to give me the Super Bowl matchup, then let's get the fuck out of here and hit the inbox. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, I uh, sorry, Chiefs fans. I think I think it is the Ravens' year. I think they they can do it any which way you want. They're the Dirk Diggler of the AFC, and they'll give it to you however which way you want. It. Nice. So Ravens coming out of the AFC, and everyone relax. I think Green Bay. Oh man, fuck off! God, I hate that guy so much. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna go uh, Chiefs Saints. I think we've been kind of dancing Aww. around this for a year or two. Oh, they ooh. I like that. And the Saints also, like, uh, you know, if they don't get it together now, then it's over. I mean, Minneapolis Miracle they miss uh, last year, that PI call that's yes. created, like, the worst change in NFL rule challenges ever. Uh, let's see if they can kind of get it up and get there. Um, all right, guys, MAB Inbox, let's jump into it. If you got something for us, shoot it to us at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. All right, right now, um, 50,000 and Double Dragon, if you could have any full-size arcade game in your apartment house, what would you choose? I, Brandana, I think this is pretty straightforward. Yeah. I think you'd probably agree with me. I'm going Tecmo Bowl all day. Ooh. Give me that. Give me a give me a Tecmo Bowl stand up. I would run some arcade all day on that. I do like that. Does that exist? I don't know if it exists, but we could yeah. make it exist. Okay, I, sure. I, I don't remember ever seeing it in there, but the technology is not so far ahead sure, of sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we can get it. Yeah, we, we can put a fucking TV it. behind yeah. a screen, put it in a big box. We'll figure it out. Get some joysticks <laughs> going. Um so, but then you just basically made a Nintendo you have to stand up to play. But I copy that. I can get in. I did weigh some things in on this. What's funny is I was shopping with my nieces and nephew, taking them out to spin their Christmas ducats. And I saw Ooh. like a little 
it was like a baby full-size Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. I want, I'd want the full one, but it was kind of cool to like have a little arcade. But I'm also like yeah. a 5'11 adult, so probably not met directly for me. But so here's yeah, right, exactly. Here's, here's what I weighed uh, I've in. seen those little mini ones too. I weighed in. I out of the gate, I went Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I still there's a barcade oh, yeah. by my house. I'll still go get seven IPAs deep. Uh, get enough quarters that made it look like I robbed a parking meter and just go to town until I beat that game. It just kind of like, it makes <laughs> you feel super adult. Like you're not like, yeah. oh, well, I got four more quarters and then I'm out of continues. It's like, nope, I got as many fucking continues as I want. I'm beating this game. Like I don't care. Right. I, can't I got a whole roll of one it. In my boss I got per... two rolls. Um, so here's, I think here's the two clutch thing you need. You obviously need replay value and you need anyone that's kind of over visiting uh, when you're hosting to be familiar with the game. You know, yes. you don't want to get like too down the path of just like Ninja Gaiden or something. And somebody's just like, that's a one player game. And we're all kind of just sitting around watching you play like your arcade game. So I went, um, so I, that kind of moved me over more to the Mortal Kombat Street Fighter 2 TF. Mortal Kombat's very good. Mortal Kombat's good. Mortal Kombat's very, because cause I love the the competition when you bring your buddies over and it's like, all right, let's see what you got. Yeah, I think, let's I think see what you got. Mortal Kombat 2 before like 2 and 3 and 6 and X. Uh, before it got too complicated, I think each finishing move is like you can easily look up on your phone. It's a few joysticks things, so everyone can get their fatality on, which is why we're all showing yeah, yeah, up yeah. there. Uh, if you do have kids in the house, uh, I think the recommended substitution would be Street Fighter 2. Do like a little of that, <laughs> right. throw that down, Dalsam, get your Ryu on. Uh, right. But at the end of the day, now I went back multiplayer, bro. I like the four multiplayer that you get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Get a whole party going on. Have three other friends and yourself getting in on it. Ooh, Brought me to, that was the highfalutin arcade, right? When you had the four, the four joysticks on yeah. there. Brought me to two yeah. other games. Two other games, very popular. that had the four. Uh, X-Men was a ton of fun. Oh, okay. And then the Sim- okay. Simpsons game. I don't remember the Oh, Simpsons. the Simpsons. That's right. I love the Simpsons yeah. game. That's right. Uh, it's been a while since I've been to an arcade, my friend. Yeah, I know. I'm just, it's I been like, a beat. People think I just literally left Chuck E. Cheese by how I'm spouting all these out. Right. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade Edition. I uh, jump in. I love it. Time four people playing. Boom. Um, all right. Next email. Um, what's the best song to make sweet, sweet love to? Mm. Ooh, on the personal tip. The personal tip I mean, from both t- two dudes who don't really jive on music. Yeah, I don't see you popping in a you know like a, a, a Sade CD or anything like that when you're getting. Frisky, Brandon. You know me too well, it. my friend. It makes me feel like you've been in the room when I've lit some candles and poured some Cabernet. Uh, I, I'm not. Mm, no. I, I don't play the jam streets. Uh, I do have self-admitted terrible taste in music. Uh, I, if I had yes. to pick something, I guess like in high school when I was cruising Maine, and you're just like, oh, it's about time to make out. I put a little Usher on. A little. Ooh. I just want to take it nice and. Slow. You remember that one? Slow. Yeah, yeah I do yeah. remember that. All I right. like it. Ooh, man. I just, I just got a little, little warm inside oh, yeah. just hearing that from Brandon. Holy nice, shit. Bro. Yeah. Um. I thought, uh, you know, a little throwback to the pod, a little pour some sugar on me. Oh yeah. You know, really nice. kind of get the the mood going, right? A little ramp it up, but, uh, you know, because our our pod is so seductive. It is. Um. But I always felt like that Usher genuine, like some, mm-hmm. or like uh, Casey and JoJo, right? Oh the, yeah. The R and B. Yeah. Oh my, oh, my yeah. life. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. exactly. But I also felt like a lot of like there was a lot of hippie girls that were near my near near our, our, our campus apartment. Sure. And I always felt like they were playing a lot of rusted root. You remember rusted root? Uh, send me like, on that my was way. very like uh, a kind of like get you in the mood 
type of deal. Yeah. Uh, I do remember that. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Good selects. Uh, okay. We are up against it. I guess that's all the time we can spend to talking about putting on jams while making love. All right, next email. Sweet, Bra- sweet love. Uh, sweet, sweet love. That's right. Brandana, I know you don't like white, creamy foods, but what's your take on eggnog? I love a good spiked eggnog. What's your favorite holiday cocktail, guys? Uh, I'll answer the obvious answer out of the game. Yes. We might have talked about this yes. last year or last year. I think last we did. Or last pod, yeah. Uh, eggnog's disgusting. It's it's gross. <laughs> like so, it's it's a uh, your instincts, uh, listener on Sydney. Spot on. That I probably would like it was absolutely correct. Strong guy. Uh, my favorite, like holiday cocktail. And I'm usually back in Oklahoma. See my nieces and nephews, and they just kind of have right. like rum sitting around. So sure. I guess. Christmas time, I, Makes up a, I associate with like a Dr. Pepper and some rum, maybe cinnamon rum. Ooh, very festive. Or maybe maybe like an IPA in a holiday glass, like an right, IPA. exactly. <laughs> it right. just like, like like some glass with just kind of like mistletoe or reef on it that's chilled. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe a moose with like some antlers. Right? <laughs> exactly. Really get into it. Um, or a reindeer, I should say. Uh, yeah, I like, I do like eggnog. Doctor misses the commish, and us, we did some spiked eggnogs. Uh, mm. It was good. They did a good job with it. I know you don't like the white creamy things, but that's all right. I'll just drink it for you. Thank you. Um, but I always do like, I, I, I do like having a cocktail. I always feel like Manhattan's are like a sophisticated adult con- cocktail. Yeah. Mister Four Star, uh, that was his drink of choice. So I always get down on something like that you know what i mean something uh yeah, it's kinda... that i normally wouldn't dust off for myself i'm not i'm not putting that much effort into that cocktail myself on an every any any given sunday so i'm just gonna go and do it for the holiday that's a great point what looks good with the turtleneck and then yes. what kind of takes me a little me me that's the answer nice. i look good with a turtleneck what takes a little bit more time than normal to make because right now i yep. could use anything slowing down my drinking because it's all i got to do today right much like we talked about last pod you don't want to be that guy going too hard at the at the holiday oh, party. Yeah. Good bring up. Good callback to what a genius yeah, yeah. you are. I guess uh <laughs> top two, bottom two of the 2010s. Bring us to the jam. Uh, all right, guys, we're closing up this segment. New Year's, by the time you listen to this, it'll be 2020, our final one on the list. Comedians. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, uh, you did this. Uh, we were going to do music for a while, but much like we said in the Sweet Sweet Love segment, neither of us are quote-unquote good at music, so we, <laughs> <laughs> so we passed. Instead of me uh, trying to remember some Taylor Swift songs I jammed out to, I was just like, let's do comedians. No, most awesome was like, let's do comedians, and I love it. Uh, so out of the gate... Right now, uh, I'm jumping on the top twos. I have John Mulaney in one yes. of my top spots. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. John uh, Mulaney was great. John John Mulaney. Uh, I didn't realize how young he started in the decade. Thirty-seven. He's only thirty-seven years old. It's crazy. To yeah, me. eighty-two. Uh, here's here's what I like. Let me take you a little bit on his career path. The the big Ooh, over okay. overarching thing, like a writer for SNL, he got his own sitcom on network television, and it was canceled right. after one season. It was panned. Right. And, you know, I think right. you see that make, like, some comedians kind of go away. And then, right. you know, he bounced back. Luckily, I think, I mean, not that he's not, like, super funny. He, like, uh, you know, involved with documentary now. Like, uh, yes. just did, uh, he has three Netflix specials. 
I highly recommend all three of them. Uh, New in Town, released 2012. Comeback Kid, released 2017. New in Town is phenomenal. It's New in Town so great. is is an amazing. The 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 joke that he has about his buddy who steals the pictures from everyone's house because yeah. it's the only thing that is a fantastic, unbelievable joke, and uh, is what hooked me in with John Molina very early on in uh, in uh, his career and, and my stand up watching of him. Okay, so you do you watch a lot of stand up, right? I mean, if it's a fifty fifty ball, you're watching. Yeah, oh I, yeah, I definitely. I mean, Netflix has made it so easy now where yeah, if Doctor Mrs. The Commission passes out and it's like, oh, I'll go check. I'll check out Tom Segura. I'll see this guy. I'll, I'll, who's this guy? Who's, uh, you know, I love even seeing Joe Rogan's uh, stuff as much as I think of now as a podcaster. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, he's got some comedic, comedic chops, you know? So I love I love watching it's, it. It's weird. Like, it's almost become, like, its own genre. Not that it wasn't, but it's so, right. like, it's there's just such a demand for it, and it just folds into the Netflix model so easily where it used to be, I think, HBO, you know, there would be, like, a new stand-up special. Kind of would be a big deal, but we'd get, like, you know, one of those every three months, almost like a boxing match or like a UFC fight, it would come up. And now like, it's just like, it's cause I don't know the numbers, but I mean, it's just like now these comedians, you know, to stay relevant, it's like they're coming up with a new set, like every two years. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, one of the guys on my list is definitely in that, in that, I think he might be on your list as well too. Um, so I'll save him for a little bit later, but like, I just watched Dan Soder's, uh, HBO, uh, uh, special and uh i was like man i can't believe like now a lot of other platforms are getting involved they're like all right we got to get we got to find young comics yeah. so, like comedy central did the half hour comedy hour for the longest time and now they're going back to like all right well what's what's another 30 minutes of content it's good content and people se- seem to like it enjoy it, and it's something that that streams easily yeah absolutely. like it's an uh, easy watch you know what i mean yeah okay so uh, i'll give my last bow, 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 bounce for um john mulaney i just wanted um he co-created one of the most iconic characters on snl ever with bill Hader. it was just stefan um had a broadway one yes. uh run with oh hello with nick kroll which i think is still on netflix i highly recommend this and it's a deep dive if you're just kind of fucking around on youtube look up nick kroll and john mulaney hosting the independent spirit awards and they do the opening monologue, and they're each like – they did back-to-back years. I think it's like 2016, 2017. Just really funny stuff. That's good. Do they – because they did a, like a skit where they were like two like senior guys, like senior like – I don't know if they're yeah, like, like I think old like crotchety guys. Yeah, they, that started out as like kind of their, their play, and it was like Too Much Tuna. And then that's what the Oh Hello too is much tuna. Yeah. on Broadway. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Which you should see, brother. Watch that. I should, Watch yeah. It. So – um, I'm going to go with another 37 year old, uh, who's prolific, who just had a, uh, oh, I know this a one. social just come out. Yeah. What's that? I think I know. Go. You know this? No, maybe not. You know, okay. Gotcha. All right. Uh, she has been, she has done television shows. She's been all over the place. I'm going to go with Whitney Cummings. I, oh, Whitney I Cummings, think she's, nice. I think she's been super prolific. Um, I like the career arc that she's had in the decade. Like I felt like that there was a big like moment of, you know, female comedians who are kind of being blue and talking like, you know, making jokes like guys and dick and fart jokes and things like that. Um, and there were some, you know, they're it, it, different than Amy Schumer, which I don't find funny and actually has been accused of actually like stealing jokes. Yeah. Wendy Cummings has like kind of, you know, really had a real interesting evolution of her stand-up career as well as being like super hardworking. And like, I, if you don't like the shows, I don't really, I don't, I don't blame you for them, but I just, I appreciate like the energy and I appreciate the work and the craft in it. And like, I definitely think like she is definitely a voice in comedy 
that definitely came up in this decade and was very present in this decade. And I, I can't deny her. Yeah, that's great. It's a little bit more the John Mulaney thing, right? Like I uh, had like kind of a right. ne- network show that didn't necessarily hit a home run. And what I do want to credit her with, and then, you know, uh, the list is long, but it was definitely, um, and I'm sure our female listeners will be excited to hear us this a little bit, but definitely uh, a great year for kind of women's standups or a great decade because it was a little bit of a transition from where it's just like, I'm going to tell a story to for just us girls. You know, I'm going to make just us girls laugh. And then we have like Whitney Cummings, like uh, Ali Wong, uh, Michelle Wolf. Like yes, just, Ali Wong. Yeah, just some of these yeah. female comedians that are just like, uh, they're just legit funny. I mean, just the top of the graft and in, you know, top five, top 10 list, no matter what gender you're talking about. Absolutely, 100%. Simple. Uh, well, one kind of inspiration for the start of this podcast, uh, my other top has got to be yeah. Bill Burr. My Bill boy. Burr. Yep, that's my number one. Is our, We're not ranking them in order, but he's up there as well, too. Yeah. Talk about prolific, dude. I know. Yeah, uh, you people are all the same. 2012, I'm sorry you feel that way. 2014, Walk Your Way Out. 2017, Paper Tiger. 2019, Just Turning uh, has F is for Family going into its third season on Netflix. Does... Day in, day out podcast and still tours like this guy, not day in. I mean, it's still like, it's two episodes a week, but it's just, it really shows you. Like, I think if you're looking for a blueprint, if you were like an aspiring comedian uh, and you kind of listen to his podcast and everything, like he just is one of those guys that like grinded out and didn't quit and then made it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Success a little later on in life, but like supremely funny and has just been super prolific. You also forgot didn't mention even though it's i appreciate when guys can have chops in other fields like was really good in breaking bad oh i want to say a lot of different acting yeah you know that and i'll let you get back to it but his story with breaking bad is just he just really wanted to be on fucking breaking bad because he loved the show so he hounded his agent about it and then eventually got him on audition and got a part on it right and he was great he had this like really like interesting role on it as like a fixer guy for uh bob odenkirk's character uh, saw the lawyer and so it was just like it's this great i love it and he was actually in the mandalorian just recently too uh, i love it when these guys are just bound and determined and show up they're present and they bring it and i just you know bill burr's got a real interesting delivery and just a real interesting voice and i you know i think we identify it and in with it but i think everyone has a little something a little anxiety of life that uh, that they feel all the time when they go out there and he just brings it to you and, and explains it in a way and shows it to you as uh as if it was normal and uh nothing to fear yeah and he's one of those few comedians too that right now have kind of uh superseded political correctness like he's not going like crazy about stuff but he's definitely like not yeah. apologetic about some of the shit he says and in council culture that's you know you've seen some comedians not survive that and uh, you just you have to respect it because it comes from a place of truth. Yeah, exactly. Same Dave Chappelle in, in Sticks and Stones. Yeah, had a, has a great joke about it where he's like, "Having to do two impressions," and then the second one was like, "Hey man, if you do anything or say anything, I'm gonna fucking find you. We're gonna we're gonna boycott you and all this other stuff." And he's like, "You know who that is? That's you, motherfucker." Yeah. She's like pointing honest. to the audience, like that's the greatest joke. Like I find that to be so hilarious and because i think you and i are you know obviously we understand political correctness but you know the cancel culture is a thing that kills me like yeah canceling somebody for for something that they say especially if it's a stand-up comedian is something that you and i don't vibe with and uh yeah kind of it kind of bleeds in people just call it out yeah it kind of bleeds into that um you know it's the same thing about 
sign a petition to rewrite Game of Thrones. It's just like, if you don't like something, just don't fucking, like, don't watch it. Don't be around it. Don't like, fucking watch it. Fucking yeah, go, go away. And if, it's, and if it's something that you find offensive, fucking fuck up, soldier. Yeah. Like, move on. If you think that guy's a dick, he's a dick. Live your fucking life. Go forward. Um, whew, speaking Whoa. of dicks, bottom two. Um, I guess a little disclaimer, we're going to come out of the gate. I think everybody is very familiar with this tone of the pod by now. There's some kind of landmines that we have sidestepped. And we'll just say right now, one of the lines I, we ain't getting into fucking, if you're accused of sexual assault, you're not on the list. We're not talk, talking right. about like who's. We're not talking about you one way or the other. We're yeah. not giving you airtime. It's not, yeah, exactly. One way or the other. We're not going to sit here and try to rank like who's. Alleged crimes, crimes were worse, so it's just avoided altogether. That being said, um, my one of all my bottom two is Roseanne Barr. Um, oh, rough hang for this comedian. So rough kind, year, yeah, kind of, kind of someone that made her career off of being, you know, obnoxious and in your face, and like, yeah, in kind of plain just says what she wants to feel like saying and it backfires and she loses a television show called Roseanne and the real kick right. in the nuts is they just rename it and it still stays on the air. And the Connors, which was I think executive produced by Whitney Cumming, one of our people on uh, on the list. Yeah. Nice. Um yeah. yeah, so this was just like I didn't know we needed Roseanne to come back. I remember that kind of going on the radar and it's just like I'm good. We didn't we didn't. Uh, we we weren't left it with anything hanging in no. the first run, and uh, yeah, I, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I don't even I don't even see her as a stand up and more of like a caricature now, because her stand up was very like was v- he really hit this like slice of life yeah and she like she threaded that very thin needle and milked it for everything that it's worth, but then I mean it's it's like a classic example if you show like you know someone's true self when you give them money or power or, or money and power it's just like this is what this person is and uh you know and and Roseanne Barr is like i mean obviously she's she's she has lots of problems you know internally and uh they come spewing out of her a lot yeah i uh, and it, it's more also like the thing of if we don't need a i don't know program like it's just it's this error of just like bringing everything back just for a nostalgic reason like fuller house like like without any thought put yeah. into it it just feels like it's kind of i've taken advantage of super strong but yeah i and maybe connor's isn't a great example because it's still on the air i can't imagine how or why but it's still yeah you just can't repackage and like just shove stuff in our throat and expect us, expect us to buy like the t-shirts and the dvd packages Especially in this era, we talked about it, how good television is and how good just yeah. content is out there. Like, you got to bring it. That's what makes it more insane. Just gonna, it's just like, who would have yeah. time to, like, get to Roseanne? Like, the low, yeah, if, latest if, Connor episodes. Right. And if you're just going to retread some same old, same old, and it's like, well, this property that we have, we know it's a known entity. So some eyeballs will get it. Then you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. You're looking at it from the back end and be like, well... Who, what audience can we drive to it versus what's the story? Who are the characters? What are we trying to say? And what are we going to encapsulate that's going to ring true with so many people in this era? Yeah. And that's, I think, that's why we wanted to talk about stand up comedy because it, 
in part and parcel, it kind of does and ca- it serves as a little time capsule for the decade, for the era. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this is what's going on in the generation. These people are the, you know, the town criers, if you will, kind of announcing it for all. Yeah, this is hard. Like I don't maybe I don't know why it was easier with athletes, but even trying to just get the bottom two comedians, like a little of your compassion comes up. Like I want to separate. You know, like I, I don't want to attack the human being on these bottom twos. Like right. it's just kind of like the content I'm seeing where it's just like not strong content. And I feel like yeah. there's not the proper amount of work or, you know, craft being put into it. So it's a pass for me. Yeah. And that, and that's the tough thing about stand-up comedy too, is just because it is such, you know, it is such a raw thing from them. It is very much a personal thing as much as you want to separate your, your work from who you are. Like it is definitely like, it's a raw nerve. Cause that's, that's all from you. I was talking, it's funny, I was just talking with somebody and I was talking about how like, you know, in every other profession, there is like, you kind of work your way up, you train, you figure it out, you apprentice under somebody. But stand-up comedy is the only profession that I can think of where you basically are on the job training the entire time. You go out there, you think it's funny. If it's funny, it works. If it doesn't, you're wrong. And there's no, you can't go to like, I mean, I'm sure there are people there that have them, but there's not like stand-up comedy schools that you go to and like learn your craft and learn how to work the microphone and stage presence and all these other things. You just got to go out there and do it. And that to me is why that's the personal component because these guys and and women, the, they, they pour everything of themselves into this. Yeah. Yeah, that's well said. That's what uh, I think Pete Holmes on some podcast, he was just like, when you don't laugh at your joke, you're basically saying, I don't like you. Which, you know, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I picture that's what it feels like up there. All right, brother, uh, what's one of I your bottoms? Okay, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Rob Delaney. Uh, Rob Delaney, I don't know if you remember this guy. He came out right when Twitter was in its infancy and was really the one of the first, like, Twitter comics on there with, like, the pithy one-liners. And much like we kind of talked about cheating or, you know, the process of being a stand-up comedy comedian, he kind of cheated the process and really got accelerated because people found this new medium and he was kind of a, an early adopter to it and had some pithy one-liners, pithy jokes, got him on there, got him, you know, ramped up probably faster than what he should be. Then there's a famous, you know, set where he was on Kimmel where he totally bombed, his jokes failed, and he fought like hell to get it scrubbed off the internet and it's since now kind of morphed into more of a personality, but used stand-up comedy and, you know, the, the, the genre of stand-up to kind of catapult himself into some sort of weird career space. And uh, when you, I, I don't know, I just always find it when you kind of cheat the game, uh, it's, there's a reason why you need to cheat the game. And it's probably because you're not that funny and you're not, uh, and, 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 and you know it and you're trying to find this, this hack into into the to the entertainment field yeah it's kind of funny and definitely like the stand-up comedians seem to take care of each other also so if they feel like you're trying to side skirt or like uh skip some steps then there's definitely kind of revolt but it's kind of hard to separate that because it seems like there might be a lot of kind of schadenfreude also maybe hoping you fail because sure you have a little bit more success i feel like uh it's probably like this is a little bit before the decade but that dane cook explosion that happened yeah yeah exactly oh yeah and and Dane Cook also got shit on for that entire decade and made fun of it. And now kind of is coming back and making the rounds. And um, he was actually on, I think it's your mom's house podcast with Tom Zagura and Christina P two stand-up com- comedians that are married. Yeah. And he talks about, I don't know if you've listened to it or get a chance to, I'm not trying to plug anyone else's pod, but really talks about his kind of coming back 
from that era and it's really kind of interesting and uh i think i heard it appreciate yeah. him as a person a little bit yeah i think he lost it's kind of interesting he lost both parents in like a month or so i like i think it was like pretty close or at least yeah and his brother stole his brother all stole his, of money. his money yeah 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 nuts uh, a lot on that tip about kind of getting uh exploited and then kind of um <clears throat> i'll say uh kevin hart is the other one on my list uh, I feel like a little bit yeah. uh, of overexposure. Like I watch his stand-up sets. I love watching stand-up sets, and I feel like stand-up sets ring true. And I watch them. There's just like, there's a little bit. I, I wasn't into Lewis Black. Uh, I, I don't want to like yes. Lewis's Black cadence was definitely more over the top than Kevin Hart's, but it's definitely like a laugh One here, note. laugh here, yeah. laugh here. And it's just like right. when you kind of look back and just the content of what is being said. Like I don't, I don't like it's just. It's a little bit for the exposure we're getting, like those movies we're seeing. I feel I, I just see like a lot of, you know, relying on kind of the same old like song and dance and funny face making and stuff that I do like kind of creating new content. And I don't know what, what you kind of expect out of just a premier stand up comedian. And they also went through that extortion case, uh, you know, had some sex video posted. And it kind of said like as much oh, as like, right. uh, again, I'm just, you know, not trying to shit on the person, just saying does yeah. like not one of my favorite comedians uh there is a netflix documentary man i've been plugging some netflix documentary series yeah but uh kept, right, do we have a new do we have a new sponsor that i don't know about uh, that's hilarious uh yeah netflix sponsor if netflix sponsored me bro we'd have uh a little bit more than these mics to talk into and probably have an editor handling this as opposed to me afterwards uh but yes. yeah um yes. kind of does that uh, what i ran into some other stuff with the the ask some old tweets and the Oscar thing. Yeah. And it kind of, yeah. I, I know he like, the thing that hurt watching is like, he just kind of bummed. Like he really did want to host the Oscars and then right. he lost it. And just the way it was handled was just like, it was like a media, like just kind of video where it was just like, just get over it. And then he was like, I'm not fucking apologizing. And then like he apologized. So it was just kind of like, I, and then that makes it hard to kind of hear. Uh, and I encourage everybody to look up uh, Eddie Murphy actually addresses some of his old raw stuff that's in the same vein. I'll say the same vein because I don't want to go too much down this road. Yeah. But uh, if you yeah. look at uh, kind of Eddie Murphy handling it, it seems like you know just got a different angle. But at least you know someone's take as opposed to they refuse to apologize and they do apologize. It's just like okay, like what side of this are you on actually? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It is. It's a good point to make because. Uh, I haven't seen the Eddie Murphy things, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that's definitely like, all right, it was of that era and of that time, but obviously we've grown and and grown up, so you know where are we at from that. So with my with my other bottom one, um, again, separating the person from the uh, the material. Have you heard of the stand-up comedian Hannah Gadsby, who recently just came out with the the with Nanette? Have you heard of this? No. I don't know if you've heard it. Okay, uh-uh. so this is a little recency bias, but I, I say this because I'm. I, it, it makes me worried about the trend into which stand-up comedy is going, and and this is a. a I think she's Australian, and she has. She's like I, I don't know. Forgive me if I'm incorrect, but I believe she has like ADHD and, and she's bipolar. She's also either transgender or or uh, a, a gay. I'm not 100 percent sure, but basically she has this long story. Um, it was started out as a one woman act and then try to infuse comedy in it. Cause she was a comedian and it's getting billed as this, this tour de force of a, of a standup, uh, standup comedy special, but it's not, a, it, there's nothing comedic about it. There's maybe like a couple jokes in it and that's it. And then it goes into this long, very sad story about how she got assaulted and, 
by another person who didn't you know like her beliefs and and i'm i'm all for that i'm all for speaking your mind but don't don't call it comedy and don't call yourself a comedian because that's not what it is and and she was lashing back out at a lot of people saying well i break the rules and i'm going to go with the normal conventions of 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 comedy but in my personal opinion it, the one kind of, kind of cardinal rule of it is is you just have to be funny yeah and it's not funny and i again it's like it's cheating the game a little bit i i don't like that when you kind of try and skirt it from the outside so i'm like well i'm gonna call it this like new new style of woke comedy and it's not there's nothing funny about it there's there's an interesting story there might be some compelling and, and thought-provoking information but also too like you know she also kind of poo-pooed anybody who just makes you know quick one-liners or funny jokes or turn of phrases and is like saying and said basically if you're not making people think about things and not maybe you know furthering you know agendas then you're then 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 that's not what stand-up comedy is and it makes you really kind of like we talked about cancel culture makes me worried about the direction of where people are are trying to hijack a a medium if you if you want to go out there and and make people think then go out there and do one woman shows or one person shows and and do that but but don't call it stand-up comedy because that's not it and and everyone the if you go on rotten tomatoes the top critics have it at 100 everyone has given it a plus plus across the board and if you look at the audience scores it's at 21 percent because everyone thinks it's supposed to be a comedy and it just isn't and it's like I, i'm getting the bends going from this to that yeah, and I think I saw a little bit of that with Neil Brennan also. He did three mics, and then one of his mics were uh, just kind of like these like, stories yeah. a little bit more on the darker tip. And I think that's just kind of the macro you know, fight over it is just you know, people want their platform. They want it to be heard. But you know, like, do you respect kind of like traditionally what stand-up comedy is, what you tune in to watch? Like, is a stand-up comedy special? Or do you start to kind of see like a little bit of, you know, not like spoken woman, but it's a little bit more on the like the one-woman show tip. And it's just right. like kind of differentiating between that where it's just kind of like the subject matter being tackled. And it just – and it sucks. It like uh, it just doesn't seem like either side would be ready to give because one side is where it's just like, oh, well, you're – you know, you're not he- – like hearing us, like you just want to be kind of like stuck in your ways, like you're not, you know, progressive. And then it's just like, well, no, like I just like – this side's just like, no, like I just – this is what stand-up comedy is. This is what it is to me, and that's not what I'm seeing here. Right, exactly. Yeah, and like I said, you could you can make me do all those things that you want to do, but you just have to be funny. That's the that's the bottom line. That's the thing that that I think you and I love about sports, about the things that we do. It's like it doesn't matter your your race, your creed, your color. If you go out there and you do the one thing that everyone wants you to do in this moment, which is if I want you to be if you want to be a comedian and you make us laugh and you make us think and you make us you know you pull at our heartstrings, great. But you got to make us laugh, and you got to you got to get us with laughter as well, because that's what I'm showing up here for. Yeah. If you want to sell it as something else, go go be it, and we'll go and see it if it's going to do all those things. But I, I I need my comedians to have comedy. I need my athletes to go out there and, and perform their best, and you know what I mean. It's like it's all the same. It's like we all get measured on this very basic level, and I like that because it's simple. Yep. Poker, not a sport. Uh, <laughs> whoo, that got deep. Uh, maybe we just record our top two bottom two bands real fast and then we'll just play that over everything we just did here. They, they just make it mad after dark oh yeah you didn't even realize oh, get it? it in there uh, all right neapolitan showdown we are up against it let's get into it brother bring us to the jam so let's leave it alone because we can't see eye to eye there ain't no good guy there ain't no 
All right, Neapolitan Showdown. Uh, all right, Little Debbie Snack Cakes. Uh, so this is, we used yes, to, I, I, I went through a stretch where we packed our own lunch. One thing you always had was be able to pick out your two boxes of snack cakes for the variety. Uh, one would go to lunch with you, and then one would be your after-school snack. I can't imagine they do that in the 2020s. Like here, have, no, a, sir. have a Swiss cake roll. That's right. I make a little prediction on what I'm going to hear from most awesome. Um, all right, what do you got in your three spot, bro? Oh, my God. I really wish I could show you the paper. Swiss cake roll, number three, baby. Swiss cake roll, baby. I, I, would, I would love to say that ho-ho over Little Debbie Swiss cake rolls, sure. but playing by the rules of the game. Ain't nobody talking hostess here. Swiss, no, no, no. Uh-uh. No, sir. I'm liking it. I mean, uh-huh. how can you go wrong with it? It's good. It's easy. It's simple. And, uh, you know, you got your, your little uh, chocolate cake with a little vanilla frosting. I know that might be... I don't know where you sit on that. I'm not really sure where you're at. It's pretty that. good. Uh, it's a little, it's a little sweet for me. Uh, there's something that. Okay. But uh, all of then all of this is yeah, too sweet. This is. For you, I mean, it, it wasn't seen? the easiest this track, like... but I definitely have some takes. Uh, all right, Swiss cake roll. You get two. It swirls right. around in there. I picture you put two down on your best days in four bites. It's four points. That's two yeah, bites just... per Swiss cake. I'm a, I'm a Swiss cake wood chipper. Yeah. That's just <laughs> right in there, man. Um, all right. Four points. I'm going to get into my number three slot is zebra cake. That's where I got yellow cake Ugh. on the inside, white frosting. These are fucking gross. The top, white frosting. These are fucking Dude, gross. Dude, fucking like 15 of these are the same thing, just different colors and different shapes. It's like Taco Bell. Food. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I went to the website just to yeah, like I did reassociate yeah. with them, and I was like, God damn. But – the Swiss cakes, the fancy cakes, like, I don't know what it is about that white frosting. Oh, you got something? Uh, yeah, a second. Let me check this real fast. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, cool. I just kicked that cord that starts all the static. And that's going to stay in the pod because i got to edit this fast as fuck tonight. i got to get up. There you go. Um, all right. Ugh. Zebra cake. No clapping for you, sir. I'm not feeling zebra cake. No, I just, I just, I don't know. When you, it's the, it's the snap when you hit that like frosting layer yeah. into the cake layer. Snap's awesome. I don't know, like it's the snap. I don't know what it is, man. It feels, uh, it feels uh, too fake, too fake to me. I'm not really sure. I'm not feeling. Oh, it. you're not enjoying Little Debbie snack cakes because they're not organic. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be a tough sled. <laughs> right, right. Tough sled. Uh, all right. Uh, Zebra cakes, you got two of those. It would probably take me to get through both of those. I think I even used to wrap up and keep the other one. Four bites a piece. That's eight. Yeah, eight yeah, for yeah. both of them. All right, what's your two spot? Gonna go with pecan swirls. Your these are good. Disgusting. Get out of here, dude. First off, they're the coolest way to eat them because you can just put them in your fingers and kind of like spin them and just pull the roll off and just yeah. kind of just unroll, ravel it, uh-huh. eat them. They're not too sweet, which is, I mean, just nailed your prerequisite. Yeah. They got a little pecan flavor, a little bit of brown sugar, and uh, they're nummy. They're good. Okay, so it, it also has that, it has that uh, not organic thing that worries you. Isn't there just kind of that gum, like paste thing in there in between? Yeah, if they get a little warm, they get a little, uh, they, they get a little uh, sticky. But yeah. that's, uh, you know, that's all right, though. All right. But they taste good, though. All right, so let's keep them under 72 degrees. That's 72 points. Uh, that's right. Chilled my, in my locker. My, oh, that's right, in the locker. That's so funny. That's where I, um, 
All right, I almost had this in. I had to move this up. Star Crunch, baby. Star Crunch. Like, this is... You have to really appreciate a Star Crunch because you're only getting one of them. Like, nobody yes. needs to be, you know, a gluttonous and throw two in your bag. Like, just come how they... If they want you to have two, they put two in a package. But you put this in the fridge. Like, it's a little... Like, it's a little Rice crispy treat with a little bit of caramel in there and chocolate-covered. You got to use the wrapper because you don't want to get it on your finger. Home run. Yeah, not readily available at my at my stores. Oh, it was a rare treat. It's rare treat. Yeah, it was a luxurious. It was in that black box, like had a little bit yeah. like stars and galaxy going. Yeah, exactly. I I venture to say I probably had less than ten in my lifetime. Let's remedy that. You sent me a box of basic four. I'm gonna get some star crunches on the way. Ooh. By the way, if you go and and buy food on Amazon, be be wary. That all comes in bulk. It's very hard to find one box of anything. Yeah, I'm definitely wary. I wish I could send you a picture of this box. I mean, I'm gonna eat it, but it looks like uh, it looks like they were like, oh fuck, we got what? One box of basic four. How the fuck are we gonna just put it up there? All right, we'll post it. We'll see what happens. Oh shit, how is it huge? See what happens? No, I mean, it's just one normal uh, box, but it just looks like. It looks like it was at a food for last, dropped on the floor. Some janitor accidentally kicked it underneath, like, the, just the <laughs> things. And then they, they found it. I'll hold it up for you. It's hilarious. Uh, all right. One, oh st- one star crunch in the pack. Probably the healthiest out of all these because you're only getting one. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess around 80 calories. All right. So we got 88 to 76. All right. All right. The top spot. I am <laughs> I'm so locked in feel with this one spot. You feel like. You Do you feel like know. you know what mine is? is a home run. You don't. I don't even know. Oh, yours. Uh, if you want to said Swiss cake roll, I would have went there. What if we have the same? I hope we do have the same. Well, I think we do have the same. Um, oh, I got to think about your take on. I'll go for the block. Okay. I'm gonna go Nutty Buddies. Ooh, very close, Damn sir. It. No, cos- Cosmic Brownies. Oh, I remember those are the ones with the uh, the colored sprinkles on top, like, right? Yeah, exactly. They're almost like faux. M&M's. Yeah. There's, it was pho everything in that package. Too gummy. I, lit, I need a little bit more cake in that brownie. It was like fudge. It was like getting bars of fudge someone cooked. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I just remember remembering. They're the real, the real downside. You need a friend when you eat a, nutty, or a, a fudge brownie or a cosmic brownie. Yeah. Because when you bite into it, you get that chocolate on your teeth. It can really lacquer on your teeth there. It could be a bad news. You could have, you know, shit teeth yeah. for a good long while. If you don't have a buddy, if you don't have a oh, homie yeah. that can tell you to get that out of your teeth, you could be walking into homeroom uh, an embarrassing moment. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's rough. Could you imagine also, like, it's so, uh, like, chewy, like, not having anything to drink nearby. Like, that one's so fucking sweet. Like, if you don't have something oh, yeah. to wash that down with. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Jolt Cola. Let's do it, Jolt man. Cola. You're awesome. Um, all right. My number one spot, Fudge Round, baby. We got two yeah, like little fudge cookies. This is uh, this is the classic oatmeal pies cooler cousin. A little bit older, a little bit more rock and roll. Has the fudge in between. Ugh. Has the two fudge like little cookie things and then like the swizzles on top. Still, this is only one per package. But that's how Rockstar was because it was just like, I'd rather have one fudge around than two of those pecan pieces of shit. <laughs> oh, come on, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, that the whole, like, filling in the middle, I thought you would have totally steered away from it. I get it. It's not the white and creamy one, so yeah. I should have figured that. Yeah. But, yeah, the whole, like, oatmeal cook, oatmeal pie thing is just like, oh, my God. 
It's so gross to me. Oh yeah, you don't you don't hate what if the chocolate marshmallow pies? Fucking ugh. Yeah, that was gross. Disgusting. There's something on like their top list that was just like like banana foam fingers or something. I was like, get the fuck out of town. Banana artificial banana. Anything banana, actually. Real bananas. Pass, 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 pass. pass. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. How is Little Debbie staying in business? How the fuck? I mean. Are they still like, in business? Was, I think. No. Oh, they. Oh, yes, they are. Because oh, okay. I had because we came back from vacation. I took a picture of it specifically for you. I ran to the store and I was running up and down the aisles and we had to get new toothbrushes for the girls. Yeah. Because we left them at Bing and Stacy's house. And I came across the aisle of Little Debbie's. I took yeah. two pictures for you, Brandetta. Nice. I was going to post it at IG. They're alive and well. Do it. Good. Alive and well. I'm, and ma- and making kids sick all across Indiana. Yeah, I'm just sure it's like that ballpark cheese. Like a new Little Debbie hasn't been made since like 1986. But they just really churned them out like in the early 80s. And yes. now there's still enough to go around for everybody. And those things never expire. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, this has been the most awesome Breakdown Sports Podcast, episode 96. Uh, thanks for hanging with my cough. I'm going to try to edit out as many as I can. Hashtag I'm lying. Yeah, don't worry about it. You're good, baby. You're Deal good. It. Thanks, bro. Um, yeah, you obviously won that Nia showdown for because I took the block and I missed. Um, all right, we're going to finish real fast. MVP of the week. I got my boy who I've tattled on the podcast for two years in a row. Uh, showed up a monster this year. Won the rushing title today putting on something like 180 yards surpassing Nick Chubb. Derrick Henry. Beast. Ooh, that guy's a beast mode. Beast. Vindication. That's what it sounds like, ladies Mark and gentlemen. Mark is now number one overall draft pick in all fantasy leagues. Ooh, yeah. I like it. Calling your Thousand shot percent. early. 2020. Pay attention. That's right. I'm talking to you, 2020. <laughs> uh, my MVP, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go over here, so just bear with me, because I, I was feeling a little nostalgic, my friend. And uh, I'm going to go Bing and Stacy, but I'm also going to uh, explain to you the reason why here. So uh, Bing, who's emailer of the year, had uh, some home videos from 2007, 2008. And the infancy of our blessed union, Brandana and I, uh, and all of our friends. And it really was like, a, you know, Dr. And Mrs. The Commission and I were there, and it was really this like, this unbelievable blast from the past to watch us back then and and just in like the most you know just kind of just hanging out and just the, the most pure adult time that we ever had and it really made me think about like the whole kind of evolution of us and me and and all of our friends and um you know it's it's just like it's such a, it was such an important time in our lives at like 26 years old and just kind of figuring everything out and I started thinking about it as we're driving back home from Indiana or from uh, Illinois or from actually Kansas City to Illinois and then back to here. And, and it, it makes me think of like, so so Mr. Four Star has always told me, he's like, you know, your personality is the the sum total of your experiences. And it's kind of like folksy kind of backyard philosophy. And when I when I thought about that today and I thought about and watching those videos, I think about all the times and all the, the, the experiences that we had that were kind of so, you know, fundamental in our early adulthoods right like really kind of learning about who we are and what we are and i really started to appreciate kind of everything that that we've gone through and all of our friends and our friend groups that we have and i also was thinking about like you know the boston celtics too they had uh uh in 2008 they had this kind of philosophy where they call it it was in in butu and you're going to africa which is in butu is this african philosophy is basically about talking about the humanity of your of you and and your peers around you and basically they looked at it as is 
is if we have something, we all have something and you have something too. And in, in, uh, the way, what it really translates to is, is that, uh, it says, you know, I am because we are, and it really stood out to me and it kind of all kind of came together as I'm driving home and, and thinking about all these things is, you know, I started thinking about that in 2006, seven and eight, when we were there in Los Angeles, like that was really kind of the genesis of, of me and who I was because I had all these amazing, great people, uh, in our lives. And I just thought it was a, a beautiful moment and a real wonderful reflection to see it kind of come full circle. I'm 40 and, and, uh, I'm with Dr. Mrs. The commish. And, uh, I just felt, you know, overwhelmed and, and, and joyful to have such wonderful people in my lives. We don't get to say it all that often. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure that everyone that we are, that listens to the pod, that knows who they are, that, uh, I am here because of you and I'm here because we are. And I really appreciate that. We don't get too much to say it. We don't get, uh, too often to say it. So I'm going to extend the MVPs, uh, to Bing, Stacy, Jim, Joe, Trent, Wheats, Super Dave, Dr. The Mrs. The Commish, uh, Simon, Tom, Chip, CA, uh, and of course you, Brandana. Uh, you guys are impactful in my lives. I appreciate it very much. Nomabbers, if you're out there, if you got a crew like that, tell them that you love them. If you don't, go out and find somebody. Go find somebody that can make you laugh, can make you think, you know, can uh, that you can argue with and come back to and uh, wake up in the morning and have 60 text messages missing about, uh, you know, some inane, inane bullshit. So I uh, I wanted to get that off my chest because uh, I don't have too many opportunities to tell you guys that. I love you. I love you, Brandana. I love you guys all, and uh, I appreciate you. I love you, brother. Perfectly said, man. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion. Uh.